Hello, you sensational people. Thank you for listening to Majoring in the Minus podcast. Yes, you, especially you in the background, sitting there, being all shy. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. This is a podcast where, we're, where, where we discuss how the majority of people focus on the minor things in life. You're dashing, good-looking, at least according to our moms. Uh, hosts, as usual, are Louis and Mahi. Uh, today's sponsor i'm going to already get out of the way is it's me i am sponsoring this episode if you listen to this and message me at info at wow-coaching.com i'll give you the first three people who message me i'll give them a, a free training or consultation session all right so if you're listening to this and you want that get in touch with me i'm going to sponsor this but with that out of the way we are going to talk about how programming and training on the gym floor on the gym floor can bleed into our daily life louis i spoke so fast and so quickly so you can well, go. first of all i'm really i'm really glad that willow wisp is uh, sponsoring us like this is an achievement for me you're welcome uh, for us uh sponsoring yourself I don't, I don't know how that's gonna go down but that's really great and uh Going and actually linking topics. So you're a strength coach, uh, and we were having this discussion the other day, and we've actually discussed this many times, where we talk about how the way you kind of handle your training, uh, the programming, or at least the mindset you adopt, kind of bleeds into your daily life, uh, as with anything, uh, and. I kind of wanted to hear your two cents on it because you're you're the strength coach here. I'm just the average Joe. How do you see like parallels when you're when like a client comes to you and sort of asks you, "Hey, Mahi, can I? I want this and this and that," and then you sort of program their programming. How do you see it bleed into their daily life? And I'm not just talking about diet because obviously that goes hand in hand, but their their mental health the way they approach life goals. Uh, do you see differences between your clients? Uh, no need to name names, obviously, but do you see like those who are more enthusiastic at the gym end up being more enthusiastic about life? Uh, sort of what's your take on it? That's a really good question. Damn. <laughs> um, I can notice it after some time because you, you have to understand like you still you might train a person, uh, you know, two or three times a week. If you're lucky, maybe it's just one time, uh, once one day a week and then noticing what happens in their life itself. It, it could be a bit difficult to see those changes, but you do see it like if you work with someone long enough, you can see these habits that they start building on the gym floor kind of bleed into their daily life and they start like doing those things and continuing or not giving up as fast or like, you know, looking for the long-term results rather than the short-term satisfactions. Uh, one thing that I really think like can kind of go from training uh, and bleed into daily life or real life itself is this idea of if you want to achieve anything, first of all, you have to give it enough time and you have to do it for a substantial amount of time. 
to be able to see results because like you know if we're looking short term it's really hard to see results on the gym floor and then the same thing can happen in real life if you want to do something you you have to kind of do it consistently and you have to do it for a long period of time or a substantial period of time because people are scared of the word long uh, but long-term goals will succeed normally and another thing is uh, assessments i feel like training should always be assessed and reassessed and training in itself is a sort of assessment and you're always assessing and seeing and comparing where you are to where you were before and where you're going to be and that same assessment can be done in life as well like you want a goal you're doing certain you you identify a couple of things you want to do to re- achieve that goal and then you have to assess those goals and see those um, steps and like kind of like a computer program i guess like you look at it you do it is it working yes continue and then you look at it again is it working no then maybe you need to change something but like the same thing for training can apply in real life as well because i so i think that's one concept that i try to apply to my life and i try to if i can get across to my clients that uh, first they need to give a substantial amount of time to notice the change but also being uh, vigilant with assessing and reassessing the steps they're taking to achieve their goals, whether it be on the gym floor or in real life. All right. So in talking about assessment, so you as a coach, you assess for obviously things that would impede them either today or would impede them um, in the future in terms of their programming, right? Because it's an inefficiency, obviously, if they have a stability issue, a strength issue, a mobility issue, you want to see it so that you could go forward. But so how would you do the same for life? Because, you know, as a coach, you know, you at least your foundation is strength, stability, mobility, not in that order, but, you know, mm-hmm. but in real life, how, how would you go about it? What are the three or four or five areas or pillars that you would look at? And then how would you assess for that as a coach, as a friend, as a family member? How would you give advice in a constructive way? Uh, or how would someone self-assess themselves to be able to move forward and to remove inefficiencies? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad you said someone because I feel like you know, you always get, give the best advice to other people and then you do not apply it to yourself, right? <laughs> that, that's the, the old story of like, you know, you always tell people what to do and you cannot do it yourselves or the fact that we say, do as I say, not as I do. The main pillar, one thing that I like just comes off the top of my head that I think can help with, can help everyone and it certainly has helped myself is consistency right? Like breaking habits into the smallest parts that you can repeat over and over again, if you want to achieve that and eventually becoming like that, whatever it is that you want in life becomes a part of you. And I think that's where we get from training, like the concept of progressive overload kind of appeals to this. We want to do something, we start slow, we do it every day, and then eventually it just becomes something that we do on the daily. Um, outside of that, so I think an idea that can kind of travel between training into real life is accountability. So like what a coach brings to your training is some sort of accountability. 
And then um, if you're kind of, if you get a taste of that, then eventually in your own daily life, you can also look up to friends, family, or some, even yourself, I don't know, some sort of reminders or some sort of goal setting or having consequences planned out to keep yourself accountable. So I think the importance of accountability also becomes uh, evident to people from training and they can bring that into real life. So I would say consistency and accountability are the things that I can think of right now. And since we're, you know, kind of talking about how you're a coach and you've started this uh, Will-O-Wisp coaching, what was your, because obviously it wasn't a one day thing, obviously there was a plan or mm-hmm. maybe it was a, it was a, you know, it wasn't the most, like you didn't plan it from day one, but obviously there was a series of steps you took to actually get to where you were. Can you draw parallels between your programming style and how you built, like how you got to launch the site? Like what was your daily sets, reps, mindset, programming? A motivation that got you to that launch pad mm-hmm. i think uh, as i said the idea behind accountability was something that uh, made me get there because yeah uh, as a coach i do understand the importance of having a coach myself so uh, this was not just training i had obviously a uh, plans or goals for my business and my life myself. And I decided that, all right, if I want to achieve those plans and goals, I need someone to mentor me so I can learn from, but also like I can be accountable too. So I took courses uh, and like the best thing about courses, especially if there's an element of passing or failing, that's accountability in itself. They make you, you know, put the work in and put the like, you know, put effort in and try to achieve the results that you want. So it started with uh, Steel in the Walls course that I did with Kyle Trainer. It was the idea of building a brand. So I think like, because I knew I need to take step sets and reps and progression myself, I was like, all right, so I need someone else to kind of give me that construct or give me that plan for life itself. And then I put in the work and do those things. So the course starts from like, the small things, as you said, reps and sets, look at your business, look at your life, see how time poor you are or like, you know, how, because just looking at your money is not enough. How much, obviously knowing your numbers is great, but also like looking at how much time you're spending to generate those numbers. Uh, so looking at those things um, and kind of having a great, like an understanding of the inner workings of your own business and then eventually from there, then you go into planning. And uh, one thing that I really liked is like you set a goal for yourself and you kind of work backwards. And again, it's I see the same thing in training as well. You set a goal for yourself, like a long-term goal, then you work it backwards, you come back midterm and short-term, and then you're like, all right, to achieve the short-term, what do I have to do? So I have to do this and this and this. And then you do that. Does it work? Does it not? If it's working perfect, does it eventually get me to the uh, big goal? Or if it's not working, then what can I change to achieve those short range, short term, midterm, and long term goals? That's that's literally programming or periodization for training that can apply to real life. And that's what happened that led into the birth of Willow Wisp coaching. It was just the idea of, all right, I am a coach. Uh, one of the things that I need to 
do for my brand to grow is actually having a platform and just building a brand in itself. So Will-O-Wisp, and this is a little bit off tangent, but Will-O-Wisp came from the idea and I felt this in training myself and eventually in life in general, I think you do the same thing is I was looking for the answers, right? I've always been looking for answers, be it training or life in general. I'm always curious to know the inner workings of things. And I can understand with the fitness industry, there's a lot of misinformation out there that confuses people. So I just identified the villain that my clients face or the main problem is the fact that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I wanted to be that navigating light. So now Will-O-Wisp is a mystical or a fairy light that can, and there's this inside joke there as well, because Will-O-Wisp can guide travelers to the right path, but it also can be mischievous and take them on the wrong path. And for, in my head, I was like, because there is so much misinformation out there and people actually put a lot of false information out there and they make it sound like that's the truth. And every time I have a conversation with someone and I tell them something, it seems to them that I'm tracking them on the wrong path. So that was my inside joke that I was like, all right, so this is Will-O-Wisp. I, even though I know I'm right, sometimes the things I say will come off as the mischievous or like, you know, the, 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 the lies that might bring them, not bring them to where they want, but they actually realize eventually that that's how they work. Maybe I went a little bit on a tangent, but that's how I draw parallels like from my own life and the business and the website I've built. And it's the things I learned from training again. All right. So I've got two questions. And yes. I know this sounds like I'm interviewing you, but like whatever. I love it. You're the subject. You're the subject matter expert here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so one, what was your will wisp or who? It was a bunch of people. It started with, um, and Tayer talk, talked about this in our previous podcast, and I went kind of through the same path as like, I got into fitness through kickboxing, but the way I was taught kickboxing was a discipline, not a fighting system, right? So it was, it was like, so the first thing that happened was like uh, Chris Kent and Tiffany Williams. These were my coaches uh, when I was in kickboxing. And that idea of like, it wasn't about hitting people or punching people. It's all about like learning the control first and learning how to own your own body and how to take it through these different movements. And that's how I learned training. And like, it's always, I've carried it into everything else. Like when I look at lifting, I never look at moving the object from A to B. I'm looking at what makes it go from here to there and what's the best way of performing that form. So I think it was just like, always looking for those people who kind of helped improve this ideology. So my first Will-O-Wisp was probably uh, Chris Kent, Tiffany Williams. Uh, I learned a lot from, uh, we've talked to Nathaniel, Nathaniel Morris. He into like, I, because of him, I started looking into works of John Meadows and Eugene Teo. From that, I ended up with uh, Sebastian Oreb. And from there, like, during lockdown and everything, I wanted to grow more and educate myself more. And I found like, again, things that made a lot of sense to me and that 
kind of led me down the path of working with Prescript and like, you know, doing different courses with Prescript. So I think Willow Bisp in that sense is a concept is, is still finding ways of navigating through the obstacles I face in life. I'll go on into that and linking it to another thing. So you say that you have trouble or because of misinformation on the net, people have trouble believing what you're saying, right? Because they're so accustomed to what's on the internet. And this could obviously apply to real life in general outside of coaching. How do you think, or what is your technique or what is the way you actually express yourself to get your point across and to make sure that people get that you're correct as opposed to every other Joe on the internet? I'm going to answer that a little bit, probably differently. The first, I think what helps me and I had to come to grips with this is I'm not right. I don't believe that I'm right in a sense. I feel like there is so much wrong out there. <laughs> like that, that's the opposite in my head. And also the fact that uh, not everybody's right and not everybody's wrong. There is just so many different ways or models of thinking. And you cannot just learn from everyone and put it together. You just have to kind of accept uh, some system or some schema and then follow that what helps me get the message across especially recently is the fact that i've accepted i'm not the only right voice out there but i know for sure that i'm trying my best to keep myself updated and educated as much as i can and help bring the best information to the best of my ability uh, to my clients and improve their um, quality of life and obviously quality of training and probably that's what sets it off, sets it apart from like the things other people do is that luckily enough, I am at a point that I'm making enough money to be happy. So now like just making money is not, because I feel like you do like at the end of the day, everyone's running a business and they have to get to a point that they're, they can feed themselves. But once you've, you're comfortable enough and you've, you're in a position that you've already helped yourself, now you can help other people. Uh, I don't know if that answers the question, but that those are the things that came to mind when you asked that question. What they say or like how they reacted, we're like, all right, you know what? You want to do this, but probably you're not capable of doing this consistently enough and it'll go against your habits and against your, what you are used to doing in life. How about instead of that, we just try to do this every three, like either break the task smaller and do it every day or be like, all right, do half the tasks three times a week, but make sure you do it three times a week. So breaking it in a way that they can do it and maintain it. And then eventually as they keep doing that, then we can add or pile up on top of it. And that is literally progression. Um, and they progress and progress and like making sure and reassuring them. I think maybe I should have brought that point up even earlier in the conversation is, reassurance is key like because humans are short-sighted in a sense i don't want to like <laughs> insult anyone but we find it hard to see the bigger picture so sometimes it is all about re reassuring them and telling them like listen even though you might not see changes right now first of all bringing out or pointing out the changes that they have made in life and be like like i noticed this this and this and like think of it, the, were, you, were you doing this two months ago? No, but now you're doing it. So perfect. Uh, you have made a change, even though if you're not, notice, if you're not noticing, because people don't see change themselves. Uh, so 
give, breaking the plan for them in that sense and then reassuring them that it's working and keeping some sort of tabs or accountability for it out there, I think will help them get to where they want to. Because like, I'm going to give an example. I had this conversation earlier this week with my client and we are in a lockdown. It's not fun to train. It's as much as I want to say it, it's really not fun training over the internet. We do it because training over the internet at the moment and because they're at home if, if they had access to the gym it would be different but my clients who are in the uk and are in a lockdown training over the internet might not be the best thing but it's better than doing nothing at all and that's why we continue doing it and that's why even if it's difficult we're gonna do it do it do it and she was finding it very difficult so i was like listen two years ago would you even get on a call on a weekly basis to do training and she goes no, two years ago, I was so lazy. I wasn't doing anything at all. So I'm like, well, there you go. This is a change. Like you've already progressed so much from who you were a year ago or two years ago to, to the type of person who's willing to put the work in. And that's, again, what has bled from training into her real life is she's making those changes. All right. Now, obviously, you and I are not life coaches, uh, but you are a programming coach. So Let's say your friend comes to you and he's like, bro, my life is uh, it's not going anywhere. Like I have all these goals, but I'm not reaching them. How would you program? Like if you had full authority to program and he'll listen to you 100%, how would you program for his success? Mm-hmm. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to reiterate what you said. We are not life coaches and it really gets on my nerve when PTs try to be life coaches, right? I am qualified to train you. I'm not qualified to show you the way in life. That's the first thing I'm going to say. So it's very important to make that distinction. Even if your friend comes forward now, if they've trusted you, they probably trust you because of your experience and because they know you, it's still, again, it doesn't make you qualified to deal with their issue. And maybe at a certain point, it's very important to just be honest with them and be like, you need to get help somewhere else. Maybe, you know, direct them to people who can help them. But outside of that, one thing that I, I personally try to get across to as many people as I can is this idea of which has worked for me. It's this idea of whatever goals you have, whatever things you want to have in life breaking it into small digestible pieces and then doing it consistently break it to the smallest parts possible that you can maintain on a daily basis or you can do it consistently and then if you have that in your life and it just happens over and over and over and over again eventually it becomes part of your life so that's how I would kind of program for them is just like, you know what, you want to do this? How difficult do you find doing it? And like based off of... I have one last question. Yeah, and then I'll ask you questions. Go on. Oh, okay. Um, if you could, you know, because in, in a way, life is just one big programming, right? Like your life is a program, whether you meant for it or not, mm-hmm. or some sort of programming attuned to it. Same thing with someone who goes to the gym, but they were just doing whatever. It's a program, just not the best one, let's say. What would you change in your programming or in the past? Or would you change anything? Or are you happy that all those decisions culminated in where you are now? 
yeah, I'll, I'm super happy with all, how all those decisions have turned me into the person I am right now. I actually thought about this question a lot because I hear it, you know, like if you could change something in your past, what would you change, right? And I think every mistake, every triumph, everything like small, big, whatever happened to me has led to where I am right now. And it, it for me, the question sounds like the grandfather paradox because like if I decide to change it, then I wouldn't be because we know how even the smallest thing can throw us in this trajectory that we, we never saw. Like going back to the kickboxing thing, I the reason I got into kickboxing and my life is here right now is like even we were at the same university. I was studying engineering and we go out one night. I wake up the next morning, extremely hungover. I'm like, all right, I, did, I didn't, I don't want to wake up hungover. And like, I need to do something positive to make me feel better about the shitty day that I am going to have. And then I saw the, this poster about this kickboxing thing that I had heard about. I go there in jeans for my first lesson and Chris Ken looks at me he's like are you sure you want to do this I'm like yeah so I did my first kickboxing lesson in jeans not comfortable at all I do not recommend it and that like literally changed my entire life trajectory just one decision there so if I could go back and change even the smallest things I probably wouldn't be here and then he said grandfather paradox of all right if I would if I wasn't here when wouldn't like maybe we wouldn't even be in a podcast to talk about would I change anything in the past so yeah i don't think uh, i would change anything i realistically you can't you just have to accept some things are under your control and some things are aren't work on the things that you have under control and do not stress over the things that you cannot control because like there's no point to it all right that's a great answer though thank you so now i'm going to turn this table around this metaphorical table and ask you because i know you one of your inspirations is to eventually get into coaching people maybe and i know we just bash life coaches but maybe you want to become a life coach maybe and i i think from the conversations i've had with you and like you know i know how grounded you can be i'm not saying you are but you can be and you have a great insight and experience and i know your friends me included, come to you with our problems a lot. So what would you say if someone comes to you and asks you how can they change parts of their life and what sort of programming would you give them? Oh, I see what you did. Okay. Uh, well, for me, and, and I mean, this is, this is kind of just what happened with me, right? So... It's, it's all about mindset because once you have a, a, once you can, the mindset is the foundation so uh, the way you look at life I think can just influence the decisions you take and more importantly how you react to things going for or against you and the first thing I would because again, this this comes down to empathy and a lot of things. So uh, obviously, the, so one of the problems with the world today is, and I think we've discussed this a lot, we can't put ourselves in other people's shoes, right? So I can't go like to today, you might find something 
to be really a big deal, like it really hurt your feelings or offended you or uh, it, it affected you, you know, due to the past or for whatever reason, I, I will probably not relate because the way I look at life is life is a gift and we should not be like even bad is good. Mm-hmm. So even my reaction to bad is automatically good or neutral because that's life. Like it's, it's, it's there. You either have it or you don't have it. And, you know, uh, so I, I would start by trying to understand the why of the person, like what, what was his childhood, what was their childhood like? their relationships. I mean, even something simple as romantic relationships. Have they been for many breakups? Do they all have a pattern? Um, because, or the way their relationship with their family, do they like their job? What do they want out of life? You know, basically that's, that's the gist of it. It's getting them to answer these questions. So it's not me setting the agenda for them. I think a life coach is more about getting them to answer because once they they reach in and they kind of understand the why or what their why is it will kind of illuminate their path so that that's what i would like to be the lantern in a dark forest mm-hmm. uh because if i go and i just tell someone listen you got to do this and this and then you'll get one million dollars it might happen, but it's probably not going to happen. They need to understand what motivates them, what they really want out of life. So for me, the key, just listening. That's the first step, mm-hmm. just, just getting them to talk. And from there, it kind of opens up, right? Because it depends on their personality. If they're go-getters, then you've saw, that's it. They're go-getters. They're going to do it themselves. They're going to research themselves. You just have to be there to kind of be that checkpoint, that accountability, as you said. But if there's someone that constantly needs reassurance, uh, constantly needs that extra nudges, then you have to approach it differently based on them. Like you have to make sure that they know that there is, it's as you said, that there has to be, because people don't notice their own change. Mm -hmm. So you have to reflect that change onto them, either through whether it's fit, because, you know, a life coach can help with, physique to some extent like by pushing the person to go to the gym and meet a real coach yeah so uh it could help with work for instance like a lot of people are not comfortable with the way they write emails the way they approach meetings because everyone's always uh, so anxious mm-hmm. so by showing them that okay today you know before your emails were let's say not so professional today boom you wrote a really clean email. It's not the best email. There's room for growth, but there's an improvement. So it's all about showing them trajectory and small habits. Yeah. And I just went on a tangent. And like, yeah. So I'm going to stop now. No, that's perfect. Trajectory is important, like painting it out for them. And you know, you said Lantern in Dark Forest sounds a lot like a Willow Wisp to me. Another name for a Willow Wisp is Jackie Lantern. So there we go. Uh, but I want you to. Uh, I wanted to get you to talk about bad is good. All right. Would you say that comes where you like that the entire time or because you adopted this mindset and you've, you know, put the rep, mental reps 
and like you know just started trying to look at things in a way that like you know bad is good that it has eventually become a way that you look at life in general that's a good uh, point so okay so bad isn't always good it, it so if it's something that repeats so mistakes are great because we spoke about this once as well and it, it's generally something spoken about if you're never tested if you're always been untested in your life and things have always gotten great and then all of a sudden there's an obstacle you won't know how to deal with it because right? mm -hmm. you have never failed failure is good but repeated failure or repeating the same mistake without even trying to rectify it is is not something you should be doing yeah. so what i kind of wanted to dis uh, like separate was the idea like bad or chaos is not necessarily bad it is chaos in training it is chaos in life that gets us to grow chaos mm -hmm. is what builds diamonds uh, from dirt you know so chaos without chaos there's no order right you need them both right because yeah. you do need stability but you also need to challenge yourself through uh, you know like putting yourself through something that will either make you grow or will actually show so failing actually does one great thing it showcases your weaknesses mm -hmm. by failing if you if you take the failure at face value because we all fail if you take it for what it is and you objectively sort of separate from the moment and you say okay i failed at whatever at work or i failed at the gym or i didn't get results by objectively breaking down what went wrong in the future you can actually fix it but by fixating on the failure itself you'll just put yourself on a path of feeling bad and remorseful and sorrowful, and you're not actually going to look at it as a gift. Failing can be a gift. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's, that's just where I think we need to see, especially with the way the world is today, we need to understand that life is, is like you either live or you don't exist. It's a void. So, you might as well make the most out of your life. So even, uh, a, a, you know, a mistake can be positive. Mm -hmm. But again, it goes down to mindset, right? So, so it's not that bad is good. It's that bad can bring about good. Without bad, there's no good. Without no, without light, no, without darkness, there's no light. We need these contrasts to showcase improvements and to showcase the the things in between the the sort of twilight realm of growth yeah now again i'm going into another tangent <laughs> no um that was actually very beautiful and like you know you and i are both big fans of like you know failure or adversity in general like helping people grow grow you know as a unit or as a person yeah um, yeah. And you talked about yeah. contrast. So now what I want to understand, like, especially talking about contrast, what would you say is the most frustrating or like the downside of uh, failure, like are people like or people's dealings with failure? And what is the best outcome of people dealing with failure? Does that is that a clear question? Well, the best, the best outcome is 
finding the positives. Mm -hmm. uh, finding the positives or the, the fragments that would help you build a win. In that case, it's not really a failure, it's a lesson. Um, frustration with dealing with failure. Look, failure, failure stings, right? Failure hits our ego. And unfortunately, we have made ego such a big part of our life. Uh, but one thing that I think more people need to do in general is just dissociate from the ego, the self, the body, the, the, the mind, the temporal element or expression of yourself. And look at yourself in third person mm -hmm. and look at the situation not as Louis, Louis or Mahan or whoever, but as a regular Joe who's just watching the situation and see where it went wrong. And from there, you, you'll just glean so much insight. And sometimes failure, look, is not always your fault. Sometimes it's random, right? Life is random. Uh, yeah. uh, some people get lucky. Some people, uh, they get a job they don't necessarily deserve. Mm -hmm. But then it's what you do with that job. So some people don't deserve it, but then some people actually end up earning it down the line. They work hard, they learn it, and they make the most of it. And some people get a job they don't deserve, and then they're like, oh, okay, like they're, they're, they're resting on their laurels. So it's how you deal with things that matter. Mm -hmm. you, you learn, sorry, you win or you learn, right? Exactly. And learning is a win. So it's actually yeah. most you, likely a win-win. Yeah, it's a win-win. Now, uh, are you willing to talk about uh, a personal lesson that you learned from failure? I fail every moment of my life, Mahan. Uh, but uh, I know no, that. Uh, <laughs> Do the listeners know that? <laughs> no, look, uh, I failed a lot. I'd say at uni, I was pretty much not happy, disinterested, mm -hmm. uh, demotivated. Tossing a coin uh, to your witcher. Tossing a coin to your witcher, great song. Uh, and I spent a year after uni uh, pretty much doing nothing, waiting to go back to uni for something I didn't want to study. Mm -hmm and you know at first i always took it as a loss right because i'm wasting it. i felt like i was wasting my time i was too demotivated to do anything and then my friend kind of gave me a lecture once and then i saw things differently and it was through again adversity is relative right like we've all had different kinds so uh through that i saw the, the, the fragments of not hope, but where my life could go. And then I got a lucky offer for a job internship, and then it propelled me uh, down this path. Uh, so there's always, I mean, I'm not gonna say there's always the light, but there are a lot of opportunities that you get it's about your mindset towards those opportunities. Even being an intern is an opportunity. Even something meaningless, like doing a very admin job could take you far because with each job, each role, each position, there are skills you can learn. 
And those skills over time become accumulation, which uh, if you look at a lot of successful people and success is relative, but if you look at a lot of them, they have all started with something basic. You know, they were in fast food, they were, and, and this is not to put them down, it's the opposite. It's these jobs teach you things that you wouldn't get in say an office job. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the customer service, the, the, the pressure, all of these things. Like these are all, I wouldn't say basic skills, but these may not be the most complicated skills in terms of complexity, but they're very important nonetheless. And we kind of skip out on that in our life. We tend to try to, uh, we try to jump uh, without being able to walk. Yeah. Uh, or we fly without even being able to run. So we, I think we need to be more grounded and we need to look at every opportunity as a, as an avenue for growth and yeah another tangent yeah uh perfect i want to bring this back to because so, i was thinking of this myself all right and i have my own opinion on it as well but uh, going back to university because again we know each other from going to the same university do you think the i the reason we we're not motivated is because, you know, same thing with training. When you're not motivated necessarily before training, it might be because you don't have a specific plan ahead. Like, you know, you don't have a program. Because, like, if you have a written program, you have set, sets and reps set for you, you can follow those. And, like, there is no need for motivation. This is the idea of discipline. So you think that can have something to do with why we were not motivated at university or in university? Yes. So that, that's actually brilliant. Uh, at uni, at least for me, I was, I was there to be there. I was not there to, like I was there to pass, but mm. nothing more. I, I didn't really have a set plan. I was going with the flow. Uh, winging it in general sounds cool, sounds awesome, but it'll only take you so far. And... I, I absolutely agree with you. It is the lack of that plan or that programming or that idea of the why that probably was why I was demotivated because once I left uni and kind of found something else mm -hmm. which had a sort of progression into what I wanted, uh, yeah. things kind of, like I understood, okay, obviously it's also to do with age, right? Because you get more experience you see things differently, but uh, you, when you have a plan, you kind of you kind of look for the things that will propel you forward, mm -hmm. whether it's wanting to be a coach uh, and taking courses for it or practicing on people, or whether it's uh, wanting to learn psychology to bet be better at uh, communication, asking questions, emails, etc. You kind of find what you need by knowing what you want. Like the end goal, or at least like the path is there. You just need the jack, the lanterns to keep you trudging forward. At uni, I was in a dark forest with no light and just Slenderman following me. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The best. I I love the thing that you said, like not having the why, because like that was my second opinion is like, you know, I was answering a question a couple of days uh, on my Instagram Q&A 
and I used Einstein's uh, one of his sayings that he says, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live inside life thinking that it's stupid. So some like for me, uh, and I think maybe it applies to you as well. Like I was at university, but it wasn't because of my why. It's just because like something that I was told. Like I am well, lucky me, but it, it didn't and like it didn't get me anywhere. I just get physics and maths on a conceptual level. I'm just really good at it. Like I just understand numbers. And because of that, my parents had just told me like, oh, maybe you should become an engineer. But I, there was, that wasn't my decision. That wasn't my why. It was like the why was like, because they're like, why are you studying engineering? Because my parents told me so. And that is where like my why was, my why didn't align with what I wanted to do. And that's why like I was just so demotivated for doing what I did at university. So I, f- I feel like you brought a great point of like, you know, not knowing our why at the time. And now like looking back it, again, as we, we have discussed, it has taught me so many lessons and it did bring, it has brought me to where I am right now. And like those lessons that I learned when uh, or learn has brought us to where we are right now. And I'm super happy. But I think like, if I want to look back, I'm be like, it was, it was the why that didn't align with what I wanted. Exactly. And tying this to the first question you asked me when, uh, about being a life coach or wanting to help people grow. Uh, when I said, uh, ask them why, like get to know them, this is exactly it. It's, yeah. They need to understand why they're in this dark forest and what the path, out, what the light is. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have that in uni because yeah. we were trudging along, you know, playing Slenderman. Um, but that, that for me is what coaching is, whether it's at the gym or it's, it's getting them to understand why they do what yeah. they do. Not yeah. just writing a program uh, or not just giving them a remedy, a prescription without a uh, sort of understanding of why this prescription works. Mm-hmm. So always start. I know you hear it a lot, but it becomes more true as time goes on. You need to know the why. Once you have the why, then you'll have the what, the who, the where. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, and I love yeah. your forest analogy because that, that is literally what why I created Will-O-Wisp because I wanted to be that guiding light. As you said, we didn't have it, but I'm trying to create that uh, for others. So there we go. Will-O-Wisp coaching. Shameless plug. Exactly. And uh, I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That was a beautiful episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, to be honest, I'm surprised by how well we did. I hope people who listen to this enjoy it as well. As usual, tell your children, tell your parents, tell your grandkids, grandparents, uncles, friends, family, loved ones. And uh, thank you for listening. We do appreciate you. Until the next episode. Thank <laughs> you.